I already hit it. Oh, well, okay then. Fine. Wow, I, I already beat you. Wow. Well, you know, such is life. Uh, race to the bottom. It's <laughs> That is exactly what life is. It is a race to the bottom. At least lately. Hey, uh, w- welcome and back. Oh, we got to wow, yeah. we didn't even do the count. We got to do the thing, shit. Welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast. My name is still AJ. I'm so tired I don't even have a good nickname to use, La Gambina. And I am Dan. It's been a while and um, football season is back and we're happy to talk about Patriots football. Mayot. It's been a uh, been a hell it's been of a, a time. Long, yeah, has, has has it been like two months? We're I think we're going on two months. I think we were. Was it sometime in August or July? Was the last time? I don't even want to bring it up. It's depressing. <laughs> I, I I don't want to bring it up. Um, yeah, you know, it's the same shit we talk about every time we take. Out. <laughs> yeah, we're like oh, we're we're like we're the. Um, or that ex-girlfriend that's like, or like that 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 ex that's like, baby, I promise I'll change. I promise. <laughs> I, I, oh I, no! <laughs> I, I won't be like that. I promise. I'll I'll change. I won't be like that. And then they, they just end up doing the thing that they said that they were gonna do. Are we the ex-girlfriend, or is that just who we are as? as boyfriends we're we're the toxic ex we're the toxic person (laughs) in the relationship we are maybe not like individually in our personal relationships but (laughs) but as far as podcast hosting goes we're we're that bad ex but um happy to have you back listening um we're going to try to make this weekly for the upcoming season because we love talking bats. Yeah, buddy. Um, so since we've uh, since we've last talked, are there any big life updates? Anything that you're uh, anything you're working on? Anything you're going through? Any fun anecdotes for the people at home? Um, let me see. I, I spent the whole month of August working my ass off. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun, um, doing a crazy schedule. I would not recommend to anyone. Um, what else did I do? I, I went to New York last week, the second time since living there. So that was fun. Um, didn't really spend a lot of time, but you know, still, still a good, um, going to Chicago next week (laughs) or not next week. um, I'm going to Chicago Tomorrow, I'm going to Riot Fest. Uh, last oh, minute trip to Riot Fest. Yeah, I got I got invited, and that's not happening because I'm. Uh, this is the first week of busy season at work. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm thoroughly getting my ass kicked right now, and going to Riot Fest is not an option. But I've got a friend who has an artist pass that was talking to me about it a couple of days ago, and a couple of other friends have mentioned heading out there um so actually can you do me a really big favor dan sure uh can i have my people fax your people 
some articles of impeachment so that you can hand them personally to uh, Carol Simpson at she's Riot gonna be Fest? At, she's going to be at Riot Fest? I believe so, and I think it's prime time to serve her papers. Oh, boy. I... I should, uh, I guess I should hit her up then. <laughs> uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to Carol. She's the homie. She's one of the best. Um, but she's still getting impeached. Yeah. I'm excited to go to Riot Fest. I have a list of bands that, um, definitely going to stick around and see their full set. Um, I've never seen the Descendants, so I'm excited to see them. Oh, yeah. I, I've, you know what's funny? I've never seen the Menzingers, and this is probably, this is like my first chance to see them, and... <laughs> it's about damn time. Yeah, it's about damn time. Um, Misfits original lineup, I, I'm i going to enjoy I all... That, I forgot that got announced. That's crazy. All two hours of that. MCR. Oh, I got to see them a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah, you did. I saw that on Bro. the Instagram. With Turnstile, too, uh, who are, we're, we've talked extensively about... <laughs> $30 same-day tickets. Got to go see them at Bridgestone Arena and then played a, I, I played a little game uh, with my buddies in Northern Runaways after that show, uh, which I'm sure we'll tell that story a little bit later on. But yeah, great gig. But who else at, uh, who else at Riot Fest are we, are we looking out for? Um, let me look real quick. Um, saw a couple. Um... Uh, Jeff Rosenstock, excited to see him again. Oh, yeah. Um, so that will be fun. There is... <laughs> Guar would be fun to see. You just gotta, you gotta stand back so you don't get covered in uh, in red dye. Oh, true. That is true. Um, story so far, that would be cool to see you, them again. You gonna go check out Ice Cube? I'm down to see Ice Cube. I will I will see Ice Cube all day. Uh, Jimmy uh, World. Jimmy World, that's gonna be a good one. Um, Action Bronson. Sleater Kinney's gonna be there. So you can take a picture and uh, send it over to our friend Allie Brunner. Yeah, that I is think, true. I think friend of the podcast, friend of us. I don't know if she listens, but shout out to Allie. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. Yeah. Amber Lynn's gonna be there too. I don't really listen to them. <laughs> Amber Lynn's cool. Paris is gonna be there. I haven't heard that name in a minute. Damn. Last time I saw them was in a VFW hall. <laughs> fuck. Sam. <laughs> I think we were at that show together. Not to flex or anything, but yeah, I'm flexing. Um, yeah, I think that was I think that was the show the night that my grandfather had a stroke and I had to leave you to watch a loss for words by yourself. Yeah, it was. That was one of the first times that we hung out. I'm sure we've told that story on the podcast. Um, I be I'm betting your girlfriend wants to go see the main. Yeah, she wants to see the main, so that will be fun. Um, oh, shout out to War on Women. They're going to be there. Great band. I did. Uh, I worked their tent for a warp tour last time I was there. True, but yeah, it's going to be a good lineup. Um, second time going to Chicago. Last time I went there, I came back with COVID. Ooh. So, so uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, one more thing on the Riot Fest tip. There's one band. <laughs> they don't even have a picture next to their band name on Google, so it's gonna be it's gonna be early in the day. Oh boy. Dick. <laughs> I need you to go see the band Thick. Dick. <laughs> no, no, no. Thick. 
Like oh. I'm a thick boy. <laughs> They're good. I've I've seen them a couple times. You've heard of this band? Yeah, of course I have. It's all caps, just T H I C K. So, I need you to take a selfie in front of the stage. I used to so when I still lived in Brooklyn, I used to have a radio show called uh, Radio Free Brooklyn, or not, it was through Radio Free Brooklyn, but the name of my show was Brooklyn Bandstand, and Thick was often a band I would play on there. So I'm very well aware of Thick. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm a Thick Stan. You're a th- No, wait, no, wait, nope, 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 nope. I'm not a Stan. Fan. I'm a fan, not a stand. You're a you're a Dan. You're a thick Dan. That's true. I am a thick Dan. I am. <laughs> I'm a thick boy. Um, uh, we won't go too far down that road. I got a, I got a little paunch developing, Dan. I'm I'm uh I'm I'm entering I'm entering my midlife crisis already. It's time. Oh. It's you know I'm putting I got I got a little bit of a belly going. Uh oh. It's time. It's time to get my shit together. It's not okay. Well, lay off the beer. Never. <laughs> um, I don't know. Work out, jog around the park. Yeah, I've been doing. I've been doing a lot of. Uh, been doing a decent amount of walking and jogging, and like I said, work's about to get busy, which means a lot of lifting and running and stuff. So that's good. It's. Uh, I I do so much sitting with my work. Um. So when I'm in between calls, I will do some curls and some other like I have like dumbbells that I play around with in between calls that I just do like some exercises. 2023, Dan and AJ get swole. But I need to I need to do more leg stuff because I can't be all arm day. No, you got to get chicken legs, baby. Can't have chicken legs. No way. Oof. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I'm working with a couple artists soon doing some promotional work. Um, you know, trying to branch and trying to spread my wings a little bit and, uh, do some work independently with artists. Um, nothing to report just yet, but, uh, there's some talks. There you go. Um, I even have, uh, I, I learned this from one of my friends. His name is Nate. Shout out to him. He does freelance, like video, like he's a videographer. That's yep. what he does freelancing for. Um, makes a living out of it. Um, one of the first things that he said was, if you're freelancing, you should always draft up a contract. Just a little one sheet, man. That's all you got to do. Just Yep. For your client, just to be like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what you should expect. This is what you're paying me. This is what days you're paying me. Bada beam, bada boom, bada pow. <laughs> um, know what I'm excited for? What are you excited for? I'm excited for fantasy football, dude. That's what I've been looking forward to. Yeah, dude. We're gonna <laughs> and we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk on that in uh, in a minute. But first things first. I gotta get nice little Oof. crack there. So your boy is drinking uh, old reliable, old shitty, but old reliable. Uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon, sixteen ounce can. The Drip. only way that Pabst Blue Ribbon should be uh, should be enjoyed. And yeah, I mean. Like we said earlier, August was kind of a busy month for me. I took August was a decent uh, August into the first week of September was a lot of like relaxation, I guess. Um, the summer's been rough for your boy. Just a lot of um, ups and downs with work stuff and trying to figure out um, 
making some career moves, making some life changes and outlook changes. And yeah, early, early August, my friend Pat came down and stayed with me for a weekend and we had just an absolute hell of a time. Um, Showed him all around the city, got to see some of my favorite places, took in a bunch of music. He was, um, he seemed to be, he seemed to have a really good time. A couple weeks after that, I had my parents in town, uh, which was my first time seeing them since Christmas of last year. Oh yeah, true. Um, and the highlight of that was the first day they were here, we kind of, I, I took them all over and introduced them to as many people as possible. And my favorite part was, you know, my dad, my dad is a, uh, my dad is an old school Italian gentleman. He is, <laughs> he is reaching for that check every time. Oh, and, Joe. And he made, <laughs> he made, he made a comment about the fact that pretty much everywhere we went, there was like an industry discount on everything. And he just seemed, both of them just seemed to really kind of enjoy like the network that I have down here in Nashville. Um, so shout out to all my friends that kind of hooked us up with all that. Um, even a couple of people that I wasn't expecting it from. That shit was really cool. And yeah, last weekend, two weekends ago or something, um, I ended up I ended up way out in the boonies in Tennessee with some friends and finally just took like two days to literally just sit around and do nothing. We just sat and talked and hung out and that was a nice little reset because like I said, this week has been all work all the time. So it's been pretty good. Got to like we said, got to go see that my chem uh my chem turnstile show. I gotta say it, shout out to Turnstile again for hardcore is not supposed to work that well in massive, massive rooms. And it does. <laughs> they just they brought the energy. Uh my friend Jesse and I went, we got $30 tickets on the day of the on the day of the show. Uh and Jesse ended up having to go play a gig. So he was there for my chem. I was there for Turnstile mostly. Uh, we showed up. We got to see all of Turnstile's set, and then about five to six songs into my chem's set, Jesse had to go across the street to go play drums with his band. Oof. Which kind of sucked, but it turned him into a Turnstile fan. So that was pretty sick. I finally got Glow On on vinyl. So that was a big win. And then we, what we, the little scheme that we had was when. My Chemical Romance ended their set. Jesse told me to walk across the street to the bar that they were playing at and to wait outside the window because they had the windows open because it's summer and it's Nashville and it's Broadway and whatever. And he's like, all right, when we see you, all of the people are going to be leaving Bridgestone Arena, like all the emo kids, right? So when we see you, we're going to finish up our song and then you're going to hop up and do like a mini set of all the like pop punk emo kind of stuff that the band does (laughs) to draw some people in. So that's what we did, and it was it was a great, great night. Um, so shout out to Northern Runaways, shout out to Jesse for always having me hop up with them. That's always a great time. And yeah, that's my little pit report from uh, from Mike and Turnstile a couple of weeks ago. You were the bartender's friend that night. They made probably so much money in tips. They you should have gotten commission for that shit. Well, the bar is literally right next door to Bridgestone, too. So there was like, it was literally you walk out from seeing My Chemical Romance and the first thing you hear is this band doing like Paramore and Bowling for Soup and we covered My Chem and like, it was like, it just, we were able to draw some people in. It was, it was a perfect little plan we had there. It was awesome. That's awesome. 
Yeah, dude. So now we're uh, now we're in the thick of it with work and stuff, and it's uh, it's a lot, but yeah, it's okay that it's a lot, and it's okay for one really big reason. Okay, what is that? The football season has started. That is true, man. You know, the one thing about my job is we'll get like a week off or like a week where it's you know quiet, and then the next week it's like boom, we're into our next season. Pow! Like, now it's busy again. Like, yeah. oh my god. Like, I I was responding to, like, customer service emails today, and someone was, um, I mean, our phones get backed up. I want to say, like, I would say to the equivalent of, like, the IRS, like, backed up. Like, yeah. two-hour wait time. Oof. Backed yeah, brutal, brutal stuff for people to just buy tickets for concerts. Um, hey, we're we're already thinking about the holiday season, which is insane. Yeah, there's just, people were mentioning holidays at work today, and I was like, God, help me! I can't, I can't. <laughs> I'm barely seeing past what's happening. I think my next day off is like Sunday or Monday. I I can't see anything past that right now. Never mind November, December, etc. Which I actually have to. We will talk off air at some point. Uh, we got to figure out. Speaking of the Menzingers and Turnstile and shows in general in Boston, and still trying to make my way up in November. I think. Yeah, do it. We gotta we gotta go get some gigs. Do a little do a little pit report for the kids. Spend a Sunday watching the Patriots. It'll be a good time. Yeah, let's do that. Speaking of Pats, oh boy. Ooh we. Uh, not a great start to the season. This was rough. Um, yeah. Man, um, so I was telling AJ off air that I wasn't watching this live. I ended up catching, I, I had it like recorded. Um, so I saw it a couple days afterwards. I saw it on Monday while <laughs> I was in between like working or whatever. And ugh, it was ugly. It was ugly to watch. Um the defense looked great. Defense looked great. That is about as good as you can contain Tyree Kill. I mean, I'm cool with that. I'm especially cool with that, considering that uh, the fantasy league that you and I are in, the Pats are my the Pats are my defense. So I need them to keep that up all season. For sure. But the offense was that was a problem all yeah. all game long. Um, I mean, I like that it was a balanced attack, but. I am not sure, and it, it, you can call me, you could say that I'm overreacting, but I'm not sure Mac is at the point where he can in, like fully carry the offense and win you games. He's not at that point yet. Well, and I think that's, I think that's part of, not part of, that's probably the biggest reason why we spent an entire offseason, we meaning, you know, Patriots media, which I guess you can count ourselves part of. We're not really national media necessarily, although we are international with our listenership, but that's besides the point. Fair um, enough. <laughs> Um, no, part of the reason that Patriots media, media was like shitting themselves all off season was the over losing Josh McDaniels as our offensive coordinator, replacing Josh McDaniels with some hybrid version of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, where nobody really knows who's playing calls, although it looks like it's Patricia. There's we don't know. Um, but with a year two quarterback who showed a lot of like Mac understood the offense. 
he had to learn it and he had to he had to learn it the hard way as a rookie obviously like being thrust into the starting position but he he understood it and he could work it and not having that consistency heading into year two is not a great way to start a season but when you add the fact that everybody's expecting you to not only learn a new system from new coaches but to also run that system like he's in the same he's in the same spot week one this year that he was in week one last year and that's not really what you want for your starting quarterback who's only in his second year in the nfl like that's no, you don't want that. I definitely I definitely do think that that's a recipe for disaster, which is why I'm like this past week was ugly, but I'm a little bit of two minds about it. Like it's not surprising that it was ugly. We knew that it was going to be ugly. The offense was having struggles all throughout the preseason and we know that the preseason is way too hyped up, but like it's not like the offense completely just folded in on itself. They just weren't producing. You could see where a lot of the ideas were and you could see that like, okay, there's way too many kinks to be worked out to be comfortable walking out of that game. But it's not it's not the end of the world. There was like there were flashes of, okay, like they can probably figure this out. Right. I mean, on that first drive, I mean, I, I was writing notes throughout the game. Um, like that first pass Mac had, that was great. That was yeah. awesome. Like that is exactly what I wanted to see. I was like, ooh, I'm excited to see what he could do. Um, it was a good first drive in general up until that interception. Yep. <laughs> that interception was a drive killer. Um, and it's how the game started. <laughs> I mean, was that pass interference? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would I would say so, um, but also Mac kind of underthrew him, and Devontae Parker misjudged the the like the catch. Definitely, it was it was definitely a miscommunication between both of them, and I think I mean if I if I am going to fault anyone, it's, I'm going to fault Mac Jones for that because he should have he underthrew it. Yeah, that's true. He he kind of underthrew that ball from what I was looking at. Um, what else? Um. Yeah, there was just too many drives just going nowhere. I wrote a note down, I think in the second quarter, second and eight, why are we running? We're running up the gut. That's not going to help produce any yards. Um, Sure, that that like, and that safety blitz, Mac should have read it. (laughs) He saw like that, that safety was coming up even before he snapped that ball. Like either call a timeout, audible out of it, get like an extra, like bring somebody else in there. Like that guy came in unblocked. Mac had no chance. And he just ate him for dinner. Or, or we need to design plays that can get like receivers open faster. And that was one of the brighter points of one of the brighter points of the game. Uh, Jacoby Myers remains the safety blanket. He's just he is definitely he's definitely starting to settle into that like Julian Edelman role of just like you're not you're not going to get like massive, massive plays or huge separation. But that that guy can just cut right up into the middle and get you your get you a couple of yards. 
it was nice to see him, you know, continuing to just do that for Mac. Yeah, um, that that was great to see. Thornton had he he didn't have a ton of moments, but he definitely had moments where it was just like, ah, uh, okay, that's what that's what everybody was talking about when it comes to stretching the field. Like we're getting, I can see it. it the production isn't quite there yet. It's not resulting in you know touchdowns or even really like great plays that we need. But yep, all right, we've got there's there's the speed and the separation. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just there's a couple things on. Like defense that were just not great to see um there was the bad penalty on fourth and one in that first quarter yep they were going for that um they sacked Tua and made him fumble they by by Diedrich Wise and we couldn't recover that yeah you got to be on top of those kind of things like yeah we you there was just I like the fact that there we didn't commit a lot of penalties that's great to see I mean I feel, feel like Especially last year, there were lots of stupid penalties that we were committing for no <laughs> stupid reason. Exactly. But but we can't win if we're turning the ball over and we're not go- getting on opportunities like that. Yeah, and I think that I think that that was the theme of this week, and also seemed to be a theme throughout the whole of training camp. Was like, okay, they keep showing that they're capable of doing some things but they're not the follow through isn't there like they're creating opportunities for themselves to succeed and then they just don't know how to they don't know how to get themselves over that hump like how how to finish it off strong right like because that seemed to be like i said that seemed to be a lot of the stories coming out of training camp was they'd be they'd be going against they'd be having these practice sessions with other teams and the patriots media across the board would be like oh there was this great deep ball from mac or the defense was just swallowing a couple of these guys whole and everything else and then it would come game night and we just couldn't pull it together yeah there's just there's no follow-through on anything and that's been the that's been the story of the Patriots for the past three years. It's just been all right. There's flashes, like there are things going in the right direction. They've got some pieces here. It's the it's the tying it all together and putting a bow on it that we just seem to be incapable of doing. Right. I, I still. I mean, this game was closer than what the score appears. I mean, definitely take take the field goal out that Miami scored, like that first one. Take out the defensive um, touchdown. That's a 10-3 game. Let's say that Devontae Parker actually caught that ball or DPI was actually called. I mean, that's we would win this game. Yeah, we we put ourselves in positions a couple of times where we could have done that and we didn't. And that's <laughs> that's a it's tough. It's tough as lifelong Patriots fans to be fair about that because you know everybody says the same thing. The Patriots. The Patriots never look good in September. Everybody's always worried about the Patriots in September. It isn't until, you know, November, December, January, where you start seeing them play their best football. And part, right. of me, part of me still wants to believe that. And part of me is also really tired of it being like, yeah, but you're looking at this tape right now. Like, they got a long way to go. There was always that kind of, we always had the safety blanket of Brady or Gronk or Edelman or just... Uh, Great defensive players. Like fucking fantastic defensives. Like we always had, we always had these pieces in place where it was like, all right, yep, they just got to get cooking and then they'll go and they'll do the thing that they always do. 
And we don't really have that. There's still a lot of unknowns, even talking about, you know, I love Jacoby Myers. I love I love the grit that he plays with. I love the way that he plays his position. But like he hasn't really proven himself to be as reliable as you would want your quarterback's safety blanket wide receiver to be. I mean, I love Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is probably Jacoby Myers is my favorite player on the Patriots currently, but realistically if he was on like any other team he'd probably be like a third best option yeah maybe a fourth yep um also the whole thing bullshit with kendrick Bourne too um yeah that's that's just a head scratcher like um there were some reports that he was like a touch late for a meeting which so matt patricia benched him (sighs) And the merry-go-round continues. Well, uh, what I think is the the biggest crock of shit is there were reports when Matt Patricia was head coach in Detroit that he was late to meetings. He was yeah. late to a, all the meetings, in fact. Yeah, I like, don't. Motherfucker, you lead by example, and you can't... <laughs> Come on, man. Like you can't hold people under you to a standard that you yourself can't actually like like that you, you can't, yourself can't follow up on. You can't do like I mean, I get holding players accountable and holding everyone to the same standard because I mean like if you're holding one star player to a different standard than like a fifth string wide receiver, I get it, I guess. But like uh, I don't know. I I don't know about that. I think that's the wrong move. Um, yeah, something let's, about it doesn't feel right. Let's just have the right players on the uh, like playing. Yeah. Um, or if you like do think, or if like you don't want him to play, have a better replacement. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, put your money where your mouth is. Um, Ty Montgomery, he's on IR <laughs> for the year. Yep. Um, you know, good for him with the touchdown, but uh sorry you got injured. Yeah. That sucks. Um, no we didn't target I mean, Hunter Henry was not really part of the offense. Juno Smith was surprisingly more a part of the offense, which I think if you're gonna spend that kind of money for two tight ends, you better Better you, be getting something out of them. You better be getting something out of both of them. Um, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, 17 combined carries. For not much. Not much. Um, (sighs) I, again, like the first thing I said during this whole talk was, I'm not sure Mac is at, is capable of carrying a, an offense fully just yet. And he kind of proved it. I mean, like... There was no game last year watching Mac Jones where I was like, yeah, he could f- carry the full offense now. Give it, give him the ball, get, like let him win you the yeah. game. He hasn't given me that yet. Not to say that he never will. I think he can. But he's not there yet. Not there yet. I, I mean, I'm willing to give him some rope. And that's, you know, one of the, one of the stories that's been coming out in the past week uh, was talking about there was apparently a little bit of light shed on why they didn't bring in Bill O'Brien as offensive coordinator. And I guess somebody asked Belichick head on why, you know, why wasn't Bill even really, 
why wasn't Bill O'Brien really even in the conversation for you? And his response was something like, well, you know, there were a couple of mitigating factors and everything else. And I was concerned that, you know, he would be in for a season and then out and we'd be in the same position. And I don't really buy that because of what you're saying, where it's just like, okay, Mac, Mac overperformed last year, right? With this is our, this is with a giant capital A in front of it, arguably the best offensive coordinator in the league, right? Right. Mac definitely overperformed. So why, why would you be so concerned about what the year after is going to bring when you could get a really good offensive coordinator in there who you've dealt with who knows the system who could really kind of be that stepping stone that a second year quarterback needs and if bill o'brien does what a lot of people thought bill o'brien would be able to do this season who's to say that mac wouldn't be in the position next season where it really wouldn't matter who the offensive coordinator is because he'd have his sea legs and he'd be able to really take ownership of the offense i think we I think by I think by doing whatever we're doing with Patricia and Judge as co-offensive coordinators or whatever the hell they're doing, like I think we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot here. And you know, this is this is our analysis after week one, and this is overreactions week. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we come out against Pittsburgh next week, and we're singing a completely different tune. That and also we were also the same bozos. I will. I will. We were both the same bozos that said, let's not overreact, let's not panic, Mm -hmm. let's just wait and see. And I think, I mean... To some extent, yeah, we should just wait and see because maybe, maybe we are being, maybe we are overreacting just a little bit. I'll admit it. I don't think we're super overreacting though, just because of like, we started this whole conversation by saying like, I think there's a lot of people, especially people that are writing articles for, you know, all the NFL outlets right now that are just completely like, oh, New England's a mess and what a, you know, what an ugly thing and whatever else. And as fans of this football team, like, yeah, not great, pretty ugly, but also not, like we said, right at the top, not irredeemable. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't sitting there with our heads in our hands, like, oh my God, we're going to become, we're going to become the Browns or we're going to become the Jets. Like, right. There's, we've got building blocks and we've got good players and we have, you know, there's talent there, and I think that there's a lot more untapped talent than people give us credit for, but it wasn't it wasn't pretty. No, it wasn't pretty. Um I mean, and next week hopefully we'll be better. Um I hope next week we are running the ball more. <laughs> Cause yeah. I mean, I don't want I don't want the like the Buffalo game where Mac throws three three passes and we just run down buffalo's throat i don't want that and i don't think i think on the on the at the rate we're going right now like that's not even an option we don't we gotta we need to figure out our running game for sure because it was not it was not on display this week but we gotta we gotta button up we gotta we gotta button up the passing game and we need to we need to get the running game to a sustainable level if we're going to even compete against Buffalo right now cuz man this was this was a good test this was a good you know week 1 is supposed to be week 1 it's not supposed to be a test run but this gives us a pretty good idea of where this team is actually at playing at a professional you know high stakes level and if this had been against Buffalo <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> i mean buffalo is on a different level 
there, which is crazy still. Um, that Rams game was that Rams Bills game was ridiculous. <laughs> yup, not quite as ridiculous as the Broncos Seahawks game, but that ridiculous. Was, oh all man, the same. We, we're gonna have to talk about that game. Um, <sighs> but um, I will. I'm just gonna say this. I still don't think Miami is better than us. No, I think I I they they didn't dominate this game. They didn't dominate this game and you know, it is, you know, football's a game of X's and O's and one plus one equals twos and whatever else. But, you know, as a as a homer, as a Patriots fan, there's also I've done especially talking to people talking to people that know what a what a patriots fan i am right there's there's been a lot of shoulder shrugging and sitting back and being like what do you want from me it's the patriots in miami like there is something about there is something about being down in miami where we just can't pull it together yeah we can't all right now we got the steelers next week what are we thinking? I'm thinking we pull out the win. I think we're, you know, there's no better fuel in the NFL than being angry. I think I think this team is frustrated with where they're at right now. I think they're going to have a hell of a week in practice. I think that they know that they're behind the eight ball and there is nothing there is nothing that motivates these guys more, especially Bill Belichick. There is nothing that motivates them like trying to prove people wrong. Um I think it's going to be a tough game. I it's going to be a bloodbath. Um, it's going to be a defensive battle. Yeah, just two two northeast physical football teams. Yeah, I think I'm expecting I, I'm expecting an injury or two. It's going to be low scoring, but I think I would give it to Pittsburgh. I would give Pittsburgh the nod this week. Obviously, I want the Patriots to win, but I think I think Pittsburgh is gonna gonna take it home. We're playing away again, right? Yeah, we are. I don't know. I think I think that there was some uh I think we saw Mac do some chirping this past week with some of the guys in Miami. Oh, I he was talking that, shit. It was great to see. Yeah, I think we're I think we're fired up and I think that this team wants to prove some people wrong and what better place to do it than one of the un, one of the more underrated rivalries in sports. I would love to uh I I think we pull something I think we pull something out and we button up at least a couple of things this coming week and we get another win on the road um because we were we were better on the road last year than we were at home correct i think we were yeah i i don't see anything that's changed that much to make that different for us i think i think maybe we i think maybe we squeak one out um but they're gonna they're gonna make us earn it like i mean i hope to squeak it out but i think i would give pittsburgh the edge I think an interesting. I think the last time, like the Patriot, like there was no, there wasn't Tom Brady or or Ben Roethlisberger playing for the Steelers. I, I want to know when the last time those two teams played and both of those starting quarterbacks were not playing. Had to be like ninety nine or two thousand. I would assume that like In well that, over twenty years. That's that's insane. Yeah, that's a crazy stat that they're probably gonna put <laughs> yep. during that game. They're probably gonna do like some sort of uh, graphic about that. Yeah, but it's not a Monday night game, so at least it won't be those absolutely batshit Monday night football graphics. Like I ESPN was, needs to calm down. <laughs> I was watching it with Justine, and she's like, "What the." F- She's never she never watches football. She doesn't watch Monday Night Football. She watches it in passing with me. Yeah. Um, 
and it was like uh Legends of the T- Hidden Temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that like Indiana one. Jones style. Indiana graphic. Jones like, style. And, and it she's went like, on for like two minutes. What the hell was that? She's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I had to explain everything. Like, oh yeah, ESPN does these crazy graphics. There's like a meme about it. And she's like, is there really? I don't believe you. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 insane. It's insane. Let's talk about that Monday night game since it's fresh in our minds. Wow. Um, That was some of the worst coaching I've ever seen by any coach of all time. Yeah. I mean, that that was like, I could call a better game in Madden than what what Nathaniel Hackett, the the head coach of the Broncos Broncos. did. Dude. So, so... I spent I spent Sunday watching football and I ended up I ended up over at my buddy PJ's house for the Sunday night game um Tampa Bay versus the Cowboys, right? And you think, right. you know, there's always every season there's a lot of talk about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys are there's a lot of people that still call the Cowboys America's team and blah 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 blah. So them versus Tom Brady fresh off of his month-long retirement coming back and playing the game i thought that that was going to be kind of a fireworks show of a game i thought that that was going to be a great kind of season opening you know the last game on the first sunday of the season i thought that that was going to be huge and it was pretty fucking boring i i was driving back from new york during that time and i was annoyed that first of all i i i was the one that had to drive Annoyed about that. Driving through Connecticut. There. Oh, God. Um, so, annoyed about that, but annoyed that I was missing that game and getting in at like 1130 at night, essentially missing all the game. And then I look at the score, I'm like, okay, I guess I didn't miss much. And then the other reaction was like, oh, Dak Prescott is hurt. Again. Guess again. And guess who's uh who drafted him in fantasy football? <laughs> that guy. This guy. <laughs> oh man. I yeah. I'm crushed. Yeah, um dude. I mean, get get well soon, Deck. Um I know a lot of people shit on the Cowboys and hate the Cowboys, but I don't I don't hate the Cowboys. I don't care. Um yeah. they they I have indifference towards them, which is probably even better. Yeah, it's just not um, like it's not a thing that I really pay attention to. Um, like I hate the Yankees, I hate the Steelers, I hate um, Bernard Palmer. Oof. Bernard Bernard Pollard, that's his name. Yeah. If you don't know that name, do some research. He is uh, nicknamed the Patriot Killer. Yep. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Agreed. Anyways. Anyways, 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 continue talking about the Broncos Cowboys. Or was yeah, that so pretty much the, it? No, 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 no. So though so the Bucks Cowboys game was you would think you would think like those are two pretty heavy hitting teams. It's the primetime Sunday night game. Like you would think that that would be a thing and it wasn't. Monday night games are, you know, it's primetime football and it's Monday night and you're usually the only game on. But like, I don't get like as excited about Monday night games unless it's the Patriots. I had nothing to do. So I just happened to tune in and Broncos Seahawks was what Cowboys Bucks should have been. It was a shootout. It was fireworks and it was bat shit crazy. Um, hold on a second. The Broncos Seahawks was not, 
I don't know. That was not what I was expecting. I was expecting Broncos completely destroying the Seahawks. So, I, you know, the Seahawks are playing. How long was Geno Smith uh, back up to Russell Wilson? At least a couple seasons. Yeah, it was his and it was his first it was his first start as a quarterback in what I, they kept saying it. And I forget it was like six or seven seasons. It was like, but, I think the last time he started, it was, I think the last, I mean, I think he started some games last year, if I'm not mistaken. I know that before that he backed up Eli Manning and there was that big drama with like, uh, what's, what's the, uh, somebody, somebody like, I think the former head coach of the giants was like, yeah, we're benching Eli Manning. We're losing all these games because of poor quarterback play, essentially (laughs) throwing, like uh, running, like shoving Eli Manning under the bus. (laughs) Yeah. Um, completely made Geno Smith start and Geno Smith is not that good. He's still not that good. Um, he, he may have won that game, but I mean, yeah, I don't think, I don't think anybody's writing him into the hall of fame quite yet, but I mean, the Broncos shot themselves in the foot every chance they could get, literally Um, every chance they could get. It was, they, they left uh, two touchdowns on, on, on the board. I mean, they, they fumbled twice at like the one yard line at the one yard line and like for stupid, stupid. Stupid plays. Right. It was like, so imagine imagine the Patriots Seahawks Super Bowl. Imagine the idiocy of throwing that pick that ended that Super Bowl. Imagine doing that like three times in a game and you have what the Broncos did to themselves in Seattle on Monday. Like, uh, it was absolute lunacy, which made for a, like one of the most entertaining games in recent memory. Like in the past couple of years, I was like, like I said, I just happened to have nothing fucking better to do on a Monday. So I was sitting around like, well, all the plans that I had for today bailed on me. I've spent the, I spent the rest of the day just like trying to be productive and doing some adult shit. Like, fuck it. I'll sit around with a drink in my hand and watch this game that I don't really care about. And I was on the edge of my seat the entire game. It was awesome. It was so, man, the coaching was so bad. It was so poorly coached. Literally right up until the last three seconds of the game. Like, (laughs) you got the ball with four minutes left. You, in in like two minutes, you brought it up eight yards somehow. In two minutes, then... You get a long, you you get a first down, luckily. Get a first you, down on a penalty, right? Something stupid like that. It was that. some stupid ass like defensive holding that was barely there. Or maybe it was, was it an offside? I, or something? It was something stupid that the Seahawks it, it, did. It was something stupid. And then you, you bring the clock down, you run the play, it gets to fourth and five. Now, I think, and you're like 63, 65 yards away, and you bring the clock down to 20 seconds, call timeout there. You don't call the timeout like at the minute mark. No, bring it down to 20 seconds, call it, don't go for fourth down. You kick that field goal. You have a higher chance of making it on fourth and five than you do making a 65-yard field goal. And then to, <laughs> to be the salty little bitch 
the coup de grace. <laughs> that's exactly yes. After the coup after de gras you miss, of stupidity. After you miss the field goal, you decide to <laughs> then call your other two timeouts with literally the first one no was called time. at like that was the first one was, was called at like 10 seconds left and then you let the clock wind down to two or three seconds and call your last time out what are you doing that was so fucking dumb it was petty it was oh my god it was like it was so funny it was so funny to watch just like these are these are grown men that are getting paid more money than god just sitting back and being petty and idiotic like take the l my guy oh my god like (laughs) the coup de gras of stupidity You pay Russell Wilson $255 million, $255 million, and you don't trust him to make five yards? Yeah. Like, that is... Uh, it was embarrassing. It was, ju- it was just embarrassing. That was, that was bad. That was, that was pitiful. Truly. Um, holy fucking shit. <laughs> And that's like, that's what that game is going to be remembered for. And if the Broncos don't like, if the Broncos don't clean it up soon, that's how, that's how they're going to re- be remembered this entire season. Cause like, it's not like, so yeah, the Bron- like, like we said earlier, the Broncos just found a way to just trip over their own feet every chance they got, but it's not like they weren't within a stone's throw of winning that game. Like they were going back and forth. It was a really good, really entertaining game and it would not have been none of it would have been it wouldn't have been nearly as embarrassing if it weren't for the fact that in that last like minute and a half two minutes of that game their coaching and their time management made Andy Reid look like an absolute time management god like that was so dumb yeah (laughs) that was Like, I couldn't, I could not believe I was watching that. It was so, credit where credit is due, that was so, that was probably the most entertaining game I watched this week, but God, what an embarrassment. I don't watch the Peyton, Peyton, like the Peyton cast or the Manning cast or whatever. But even he was like, he was doing the symbol yeah. to call timeout. He was like, what are we doing? What are we yeah. doing? He was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah. Like, call the fucking timeout. That's that's what I was, I was like, so <laughs> you're just going to let it run down? Yep. Like, he's never hit. Brandon McManus is a good kicker, no doubt, but like... He's not hitting a 65-yarder. Nope, not like, like that. Like, Justin Tucker hit the longest field goal in history, but to give perspective on that, it <coughs> barely crossed the goalpost. Yeah. He was in a dome, and he was in a dome. Well, and didn't didn't he actually get two attempts at that field goal? I, I think feel he like got he... two attempts at the field goal. I feel like somebody, he kicked, he kicked that 65-yard field goal, and it Shanked turned it. out that it, and it turned out that I think it was the Seahawks actually. I think it was the Seahawks who called the timeout and he ended up getting it he ended up getting the kickoff before uh the official signaled the timeout. So he got a practice run at it and shanked it. And they st- 
still decided to have him try it again. Like, <laughs> you were, you had the, it's not even, the writing wasn't even on the wall. The writing was in the sky. You had, you had Jesus Christ himself come down from the heavens, look at your coaching staff and go, guys, don't do it. Just try and pick up the five yards. Like, go out, go out like men. And well, like, you still went for it. Well, like, if if you wanted to get a field goal the whole time, I mean, like, let's say, like, let's say you snap the ball at, I forget how much time was left on the clock when they were just letting it run. But, like, let's say it was, like, a minute left. You spend five seconds, like... For like you, let's say you don't pick it up. Seahawks get the ball there. You have 55 seconds left. You still have three timeouts. As long as you don't let them score the first, get the first down, or or commit some stupid penalty, you can call a timeout every single time. You will have like 40 seconds left. They they will punt it to you. Yeah, you can you can. There are ways that they could, and Denver proved throughout that entire game that they had the ability to do that too. There were a couple of times where it looked like Denver was throwing Seattle off of their rhythm. It looked like maybe they would be able to, you know, turn the tide of the game and make it happen. You had enough time, and you had you know the tools at your disposal to try and make you know a fourth quarter miracle happen, and it wouldn't have been that far out of the realm of possibility. And you, of all of the options you had in front of you, you went with the stupidest options for like a salt the last five minutes of that game every decision they made was the stupidest available option and when it didn't work out and you had 10 seconds left in the quarter you decided to be petty and just be like and we're gonna call a timeout i mean oh, you're gonna kneel that's cool we're gonna call the timeout anyway what i mean nathaniel hackett um I think his background he was the offensive coordinator for the um the jaguars <laughs> there's some context um yeah let's let's take a look so he was the offensive coordinator from 2016 to 2018 with the jacksonville jaguars oh god <laughs> uh and and the best from that the best time period for that was literally when he when they went to the afc championship game but after that nothing Jack, yeah nothing i mean he got famous from being the offensive coordinator for aaron Rodgers, but uh, aaron Rodgers made him look good more than likely uh sorry we're spending so much time on this game but holy shit this Just was such it. this was such a shit show of a game um, other recapping things, Baker didn't end up beating the Browns. Um, nope. Um, yeah. Um, not ready to give in the towel for Baker Mayfield, but. But it's not looking great. I mean, how did he look? I mean. He looked, he looked like Baker Mayfield. Like. Yeah. The, the, speaking of, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. He's never. Baker's never been all that impressive. And again, it it's early and, you know, when when shit doesn't go your way in the NFL, a lot of times the next week you come back and you got a little fire under your ass, you could 
could see some changes happening, but I don't know. He just part of, part of me likes him. I I he's like a perfect under under um underdog story, you know. He's all someone he's always that an underdog. You just wouldn't expect. Oh to... no, we're having connectivity problems. No, you're back. Okay, okay. I am back. Um, but he he's easy to root for. I mean, I mean, I like him. I, I like Baker Mayfield. I like what he brings. Um, and I like the under underdog uh, the underdog story. But we'll have to wait and see how he does the the remainder of this season. I guess. Yeah. Falcons blew a 16 point lead again. So um, <laughs> even even um, even while getting rid of Matt Ryan, um, the Falcons remain the Falcons. They need to get rid of they. You know what needs to happen? They need to they need to move from Atlanta. They need to sell the team, move somewhere else. Like move to um. What's a good city? Um, what's a good city in that south? Um, oh, move move to St. Louis or something. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, I mean, they've been they've been hurting ever since the Rams left, so give them another shot. Yeah. Um, they need to be sold. They need to they haven't gotten rid of everything from 28 to 3. Yeah. They they have not recovered. They will never recover. Give them to uh, Kentucky could probably use the income. Um, man, go go full NHL and throw a team up in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> like they uh, they just I would I would love, you know, I know that they have the CFL or whatever, but like give give Canada an NFL team. Throw somebody in Toronto or Vancouver or something. That would be that'd be interesting. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? Um what are some of the other ones? We did talk briefly about that Bills Rams game. Yeah, that was there, there was only one way that was going to go. I'm sorry, Matt Stafford. I'm uh, congrats on congrats on the Super Bowl, LA. But I, if you put a gun to my head right now and told me to pick the Super Bowl winner this year, man, the Bills are the team to beat, and Kansas City might still have the gas in the tank to you know make that not happen. But whew, after that playoff game between the two of them last season, I. Uh, there's there's not a lot that I can see stopping the Bills this year. No way. They are besides a major injury, which again I've said it on the podcast multiple times. The way that people like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, uh, Patrick Mahomes, um, we saw we saw it with Zach Wilson in the preseason, right? Like Zach Wilson's been down and out because that that big run around improv kind of quarterback play you're opening yourself up for a lot more injuries than you are if you're a pocket passer that's true but that's that's all i can really see stopping the bills right now i mean i as an nfl fan i i hope there's i hope josh allen doesn't get hurt (laughs) yeah i mean he's entertaining as hell to watch and also he's my fantasy quarterback spoiler alerts for a couple of minutes from now but yeah there's i hate to say it because i don't I, as a Patriots fan, you never want to admit that there's anybody in the AFC East that can contend with the Patriots, but we are, uh, we are on the outside looking in when it comes to Buffalo. For sure. Um, yeah, (sighs) we're not the, the cream of the crop anymore of, uh, the AFC East or the AFC in general. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, what other games are notable? Um, we had a tie with... (laughs) The Texans and Colts. I hate ties. Yeah, that's just dumb. I don't like ties. I think that's dumb. Um, Play until you win, boys. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, the Giants came back from the Titans. That was exciting. That was great to see. The New York football Giants. I mean, Tennessee, they just have a habit of never finishing their opponents. They take their foot off the gas. Yep. Sorry, Tennessee Titans fans who listen to this, but Fucking you, know it's, you know it's true. You know it's true. They don't finish the job. It happened all last year. Happened in the playoffs. It's happening which now. Is, which is so surprising when you have a guy like Mike Vrabel as your head coach, but you're not wrong. Um, I mean, there's a couple other matchups. Green Bay loses to Minnesota, which that was kind of shocking. Aaron Rodgers was too busy staring into the middle distance and discovering the nature of his spirit. Ayahuasca. Yeah. We've got, we've, you and I have, you and I have mutual friends who have done it before and... Uh, bro, I don't think it's for me, but I do have to say, like, as many people are making fun of it, like I just did, admittedly, like, it is really weird to have a substance like that where everybody seems to have the exact same, they all call it a journey, I'll say experience or whatever, right. to make it less dramatic. Like, that's a thing that I don't think we necessarily have to unpack on the podcast, but still worth mentioning, like, whatever. Still um, a little bit hip, still a little bit hypocritical that one of the biggest names in the NFL can go onto a podcast and admit that he went on an ayahuasca trip, but Josh Gordon couldn't play for like five years or something because my weed. guy, yeah, my guy smoked a little weed. Okay. Um, for those that don't know what ayahuasca is, it's uh, and people are welcome to correct me, but in the simplest form, because I mean, obviously, there's more explanation involved. But it's basically a psychedelic drug. It's basically like eating shrooms or or uh, taking acid, from what I can understand. Pretty much, everybody seems to have a everybody seems to have the same experience where they like they all say something to the effect of they were able to look into themselves and speak to their actual spirit or something and that there were other things involved and they all seem to come out of these experiences with just very similar stories about self-discovery and whatever so there almost seems to be like a religious kind of ritual kind of thing with those i don't know it's interesting to like talk to people about it um i've heard that I've heard from our mutual friends that the side effects are pretty fucking gnarly. So probably not for either of us if I had to uh, if I had to take a guess. But for sure, God, God bless Aaron Rodgers. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, he, it results in some more wins for you. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but so AJ and I are in a fantasy league with a couple other people in our Discord server. Shout out to them. And Aaron Rodgers is on the waiver wire. Is he really? Somebody dropped him. And I I am hoping with Dak Prescott being out, that's my guy. Or Didn't you just pick up Carson Wentz? I did pick up Carson Wentz. You know what's funny? What? I was either going to pick up Carson Wentz or to really, really have everyone head scratching, pick up Marcus Mariota. <laughs> Honestly, he 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 made he uh he put up like 19 points last week. So there you go. Not terrible. I mean, fantasy is not about actually having a good quarterback that can win games. It's about how many points that person can score. Which is why I lucked out so hard getting Josh Allen. Which I think is a perfect segue into, let's talk about our fantasy league. Well, I got two fantasy le- fantasy leagues. Okay. <laughs> um, but let's talk about uh, the one that we're in. So, 
Currently, I have Trey Lance, which I don't know how you guys did the voice like hangout during the draft, but I couldn't figure that out. It was in the Discord. Yeah. Oh, it was in the Discord. So I couldn't figure that out. Uh, but all of y'all clowned on this selection of Trey Lance. And I stand by it. I think it's going to be a good pick. If I remember correctly, the bigger clowning was when you picked uh, DK Metcalf because we were all sitting there. We were like, well, who's going to throw to him? And I think we all got a little bit of our just desserts on Monday. (laughs) Well, like he wasn't he didn't put up like massive numbers or anything, but all of us were in the voice chat and we were like, who's going to throw to him? I picked him up in the seventh round, which I think it was this I think it was the seventh round seventh or eighth yeah. round. Something like that. And by that time, that's a steal. Yeah. I don't care. Like I was like, that's a steal. I, I've got to grab him. Like <laughs> he didn't start for me. He didn't need to. He's gonna be a good wide receiver on my bench. Yeah. A good flex option. Um so people clowned on Trey Lance. I think he's gonna be fine. I think he's a good viable fantasy option. Nick Chubb, who, solid week. Um, I want to see what he did. Um, you know, good shit. Uh, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, who I think a lot of people were like, is Tua actually going to be able to throw to him? And turns out he can. Turns out he can. He can hit him on the slant. Yeah. Darren Waller, uh, Gabe Davis, sneaky pickup. I think if, if you have him, you should start him because... If Josh Allen can't throw to Stephon Diggs, he's going to throw to another wide receiver. Yeah. Um, my original kicker got cut. Uh, Blankenship from uh, the Colts. <laughs> yep. The fucking nerd kicker. Yep. Um, so he got cut. I then picked up Harrison Buckner, who he was also, I, I he got injured during last week's game. So I picked him up, didn't realize that. And I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh Jason Elliott from the Eagles now. Ravens defense, Carson Wentz, who I picked up, Josh Jacobs, running back for the Raiders. He'll be fine. Yep. We mentioned DK. Who I think I think he'll surprise some people. I think he'll be better than what people expect. Yeah. Chris Alave, who I think he's gonna be good. I think he's gonna be, have a good big year this year. And Hunter Henry, who underperformed this week. For sure. That's what I got for this. That's what I got. Oh, and A.J. Dillon, too. The running back from the Green Bay Packers. He's basically their 1B. 1A is Aaron Jones. So, you know, I'm not going to be in last this. I'm not going to be in last. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. Well, currently in last is currently in last is Pat Marr, who had a pitiful week. And I hate to pile on the way that Sean did in the Discord today, but... uh, yeah, not looking good for you there, bud. Ooh, I want to want to take a look at his team. <laughs> uh, let's let's Oh yeah, CD Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who's the poor bastard that I mean, the poor bastard that had uh Cam Akers. Holy shit. Sorry. Yeah, not great. Anyways, let's it's, hear what uh, you got. So my uh, my starting quarterback, as previously mentioned, is Josh Allen. And uh, if any of you guys have ever used Sleeper for your fantasy football, uh, you know that you can nickname everybody. So uh, Josh Allen is nicknamed, first of his name, Breaker of Tables. Any Buffalo fans in the audience will get that. Um, my two running backs right now are Derrick Henry 
and Damian Harris. Um, I mean, Derrick Henry's good. Damian Harris is probably a good flex. Damian Harris is a good flex for right now. I'm worried about New England's running game, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, my two starting wide receivers are Devontae Adams from uh, Vegas and Allen Robinson from the Rams. Uh, both had pretty decent weeks for me uh, this past week. Devontae Adams put up 19 points. Allen Robinson put up 13. So it was enough to win me my matchup this week. I lost, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, that Fucking was some... poorly. Anyways, um, my t- my starting tight end right now is Pat Fryermuth from the Steelers. Uh, I forget who I traded to get him. Um, I traded somebody off my bench to get him because my original starting tight end was going to be George Kittle, but he's out and still questionable. So he picked up 11 points for me this week. I'd love to get Kittle in there, but there's still no real word on whether or not he's playing this coming week. So we'll see if, you know, at least if the Patriots fall to the Steelers, hopefully uh, Mr. Air Fryer over here can pick me up some stuff. I've got uh, my flex option is chase claypool um also from the steelers who got me 12 points this week so again another good consistent kind of wide receiver option um, oh no although i think this past week i actually had jacoby myers in that slot so hopefully i benched jacoby this week i believe yeah Oop. uh hoping to get a little bit more out of chase and it looks like i've lost dan oh no connectivity issues well, if it reconnects, that'll be great. If not, yep, it disconnected. Fuck. We were so close to the end too, guys. We were doing so well. Let's see if Dan responds. I bet his phone died. Well, I'll take this time right now to plug uh, socials if you like it. If you like what you're hearing, if you want to interact with us, if you want to hear more of something or less of something else, hit us up on the socials. It's at Packy Run Pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's P-A-C-K-I-E. E-R-U-N-P-O-D. Yeah. Let's see if it reconnects. See if Dan calls me back. We were almost done here, bro. What is going on? Hopefully he didn't pause his recording because that would suck. Any of you guys play video games? You ever no-clipped? You ever used like a no-clip cheat or something? You can walk around the skybox. You can get to places that you're not supposed to get to. Sometimes there's Easter eggs and stuff. I feel like that's what Dan just did. He's about to no-clip out of the podcast and then back in. Or maybe he just shows up in my room. I'm like supremely dumb. I shouldn't be allowed to talk on my own. I thought once upon a time that maybe I could try doing stand-up, but I don't think I'm actually funny enough to do it. I need somebody to play off of like Dan, which is one of the nicer things that I've ever said about him. But we'll keep it between us. Maybe he'll listen through the podcast and he'll text me when he finds out that I said something like that. Who knows? I'm 99% sure his phone died, which means it's going to take another couple of minutes. So I'm sure that the silence will be cut out. But just imagine that I'm sitting here talking to Dan and I just walked up in the middle of a sentence and decided to go to the bathroom. That's a thing that happens in real life, right? I've probably done it to one or two of you before. I'm back and I'm still waiting on Dan to uh, to get back to me. So this is what vamping sounds like. That way when you see it show up in your podcast players, it'll feel like it's like a full, full episode because I feel like this one might actually be shorter than most of the rest of them. Oh, Dan says his laptop is being annoying, so I'm holding on. Well, while I've still got you guys, I'll finish out my starting lineup. My, uh, my kicker in fantasy is Evan McPherson from Chicago. I lied. Cincinnati, the Bengals. All I saw was the C, and that just automatically thinks of Chicago, especially when we're talking about 
Riot Fest earlier. And my starting defense is the New England Patriots because I remain a homer. Um, and I'm hoping that that eventually gets me more than just 10 points in a week. But what are you going to do? I'll talk about my bench when Dan's back here. Unless he lost the episode, which would be so disappointing after all this time. But what are you going to do? I think the great irony of this silence right now is the fact that usually I'm super comfortable in silence. Like I get upset with my coworkers when I'm sitting there trying to do work or just relax in between projects or whatever. And people are super uncomfortable with silence. So they'll just start talking for the sake of talking. And they never really get the hint when I just sit there and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's cool. That's crazy or whatever. And yet here I am doing that exact thing because I want to give you guys content. I'm a content creator. How crazy is that? All right. I'll shut up now until Dan gets back on. So, uh, while Dan was suffering from technical difficulties, I finished up the rest of my starting roster. Um, so I guess real quick, I'll go, I'll go over my bench and then we can, uh, wrap this guy up. Yeah. We, we will call it a night. We'll call it an episode for y'all we'll talk about music more in a future episode but we'll keep it uh pretty light today especially after uh especially you can give us a pit report from riot fest yes i can so my uh my bench in fantasy starts off strong my benched quarterback right now is none other than tom brady um who i am definitely holding on to because i just don't want any of the rest of you motherfuckers to uh to steal him from under me not that he's going to be that good this year in fantasy yeah, but I bet if they make a, I bet if if they start looking like they're going to make a playoff run, if he gets a little bit of a fire under him to close out what is probably going to be his last season, hopefully is going to be his last season, he could put up some points, and I just don't want to give those points away. So, fair enough. He's benched for right now. Uh, I also have his one of his favorite targets, Chris Godwin at wide receiver. I've got him sitting on my bench. Uh, didn't get any points this week, but you know, again, if Brady's doing well, Godwin's probably doing well and don't want you guys taking that away from me. After that, I've got Jacoby Myers, who is currently on my bench, uh, just because, you know, that Patriots offense isn't really cooking. Um, but when it starts looking like maybe they're starting to turn a corner, you can bet your ass that Jacoby Myers is definitely going to be a productive receiver. Um, I've got Traylon Burks, the rookie from Tennessee who's just kind of there right now. Uh, He only put up eight points, but, you know, nice to have some wide receiver depth down there. And then at the bottom of my bench is George Kittle, who I really want to be my tight end number one, uh, but he's just, he's not there right now. He's questionable with a groin injury, I believe. So he might be on the chopping block if it doesn't look great after the next week or two. But Hopefully he gets back in and produces for me. He would have gotten me about 10 points, 11, just just a hair shy of 11 points this week. So he's worth keeping around for right now. For sure. For sure. Um, let us know what you think of our fantasy teams. Um, while we're on that topic, my other fantasy team, I have Lamar Jackson, my starting quarterback, uh, Jonathan Taylor running back i had the first pick in my league so i had to pick him up james robinson who had a great week this week so he's probably going to start for me this week tyreek hill which he's in both of my leagues i didn't even realize that i have hunter uh renfro uh tj hawkinson from the uh detroit lions i have ezekiel elliott from the cowboys matt gay as my kicker bucks defense 
on my bench, I have Trevor Lawrence as my backup quarterback, Melvin Gordon, Tyler Boyd, the wide receiver from Cincinnati, Jerry Judy, who I figured, I mean, if Russell Wilson is there, he's probably going to have a good season. Chris Olave as well. And I have CJ Uzoma from the Jets as my backup tight end. So we'll keep you uh we'll keep you updated this season on our our standings and our multiple leagues. And uh the last thing that I'll say about the fantasy leagues is I am currently matched up against one Mr. Sean Harkins uh this week. He has favored 52% to my 48% this week and I'm coming for his neck. I'm going to I'm going to end this man's whole career. You better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna shut him up in the Discord for once. I I would love to see the banter. I oh would, yeah, I, I I'm excited for the the shit talking this week. Yeah, it was it was pretty decent this past week, but I feel like we all need to step our game up a little. We're gonna there's gonna be some friendships might get ruined this year. Who knows? Or made? Who who or, knows? Or made? Or made? All right. right. Uh, let's do some recommendations. Yeah. Uh. I got mine right off the top of my head. Um, it is a 90s hardcore band called Swizz, S-W-I-Z. Um, kind of hard to find on streaming, uh, but you can definitely, they've got some stuff on Bandcamp. I've dug through some archives and stuff to find some good, uh, to find some good stuff. They remind me a lot of, they remind me a lot of Drug Church. It's, it's definitely hardcore, but like more of that rocky kind of, not pop influence per se but like they're a really good rock band with like hardcore elements uh especially considering their kind of standing in 90s hardcore um ian mckay's sister put out their first seven inch i believe and oh shit and they've that's really got, cool yeah and they've got uh they've got like members from dag nasty and a couple of other notable hardcore bands in there so they've definitely uh that's definitely been in the rotation this week and just really cool like uh, just 90s hardcore with more of a rock tinge than anything else so i'm enjoying it go listen to swizz that's awesome um my recommendation and this has been um this is a great podcast to listen to i would recommend games with names with julian edelman and sam uh moral i think that's how you pronounce his last name i believe so um, yeah but damn this is a this is a really good podcast um julian has such a such a good personality for podcasting um he's very funny and very engaging and also his co-host is he's a comedian as well so they do a really great job uh first episode was on the 23rd of august and it was the super bowl giants and patriots they interviewed teddy bruski and eli manning they did the statue of liberty game with adrian peterson and uh jared Zabrowski. i think that's how you pronounce his last name um but they they will take games like famous games in sports and they kind of just do a rundown of the history of that game uh what went on during it and it's pretty interesting to hear from different athletes from their different perspective of what was going on and what was going on during that particular game um yeah. like 
So yeah, this past week they did the wheelchair game with Paul Pierce, a uh, famous like Laker game, or back in uh, 2008 when it was the Celtics and Lakers. Uh, haven't checked it out yet, but they have new episodes out every single Tuesday. So if you like sports and you want to hear more about different uh, games, I would uh, recommend it. Good podcast, can confirm. Yeah, um, I was I was blown away when I first like saw an advertisement for it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, and I was like, "Holy shit!" The first episode drops on Tuesday. I have to. Yep. I dropped. <laughs> I dropped everything to listen to it, and uh, yeah, fantastic. Must listen podcasting for sure. All right. Well, if you enjoy what we do here on the Packy Run, uh, when we do it, uh, make sure, like I said during Dan's little technical issue over there, uh, follow us on the Packy Run socials. It's at Packy Run Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And, you know, if we can get ourselves back into a rhythm here, I'm sure that uh, it's probably time to expand into a couple of new mediums. For sure. And we'll, uh... For sure. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys updated as best we can about what we're doing and when we're doing it. And it's football season, so let's uh, we'll try and get we'll try and get this out on a weekly basis as best we can. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, we will catch you guys soon. Thanks for listening, and uh, bye bye. Have a good one.